Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Bridge Farm Cafe, we always use Sarah Smith cloths. When I was at Brookfield, they only had those nasty blue and white ones. But these are a bit vintage, like our furniture. Fallon says I have to call our cakes vintage, not stale. Sarah Smith, for the posher washer. <laughs> okay, this is our third go. Three different countries, Australia, US, UK. Dum de dum de dum de dum dum de dum da da dum dum de dum de dum de dum dum de diddly dum dum de diddly dum de diddly dum de diddly dum dum de dum de dum de dum dum de diddly dum. Nice job, thanks, Stuart and Liz. Okay, beautiful. Now we can go for breakfast. This program is brought to you by a kind donation by Peter Sturck, who'd like to promote the good works of WaterAid. Since retiring, Peter has joined their speaker network, giving talks in schools and community groups such as the WI about the charity. He's passionate about its aim to provide clean, safe drinking water and sanitation to all the world by 2030. It's incredible that in the 21st century, 650 million people do not have access to clean water. That's one in 10 of the world's population, and that 2.3 billion, one in three, do not have access to adequate sanitation. Over 1,400 children die each day from diarrhoea caused by unsafe water and poor sanitation. WaterAid works with local partners in some of the poorest parts of the world to provide the necessary services. You can find out how you can help by going to wateraid.org.uk. Hello. You might recognise my voice as the long-departed and rather missed Nigel in The Archers. Well, I, Graham Seed, will be joining Royville Lucy and hopefully you for dinner and drinks at the Portman Pub, 51 Upper Berkeley Street, Melbourne, London W1H7QW, from 8pm on Saturday, November the 14th. The dinner is priced at an excellent £35 for three courses, plus a £2 booking fee. So, if you would like to meet other Archer fans and me... Head over to dumptydum.com and book your place now. Oh, I'll be the one in the gorilla suit.
This is Dominic on the show about the reality docudrama that is sent on an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the butcher Lynam Toxin, that is Royfield Brown. And with me I have the putrefying dog pelvis, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our Barrow Farm epidemic is you, Lucy. Yes. Guess what? It's filling what? up. The annual dinner, the Dum Dum annual dinner with special guest Graham Seed, aka Nigel. It's filling up. We only have a limited amount of tickets, folks, so you need to book pronto. Now, dinner is uh, 35 quid with a £2 booking fee. And to book your place, you have to pre order. So, none of this just turning up on the night and then asking for a plate of scran. No, no, no. You need to pre order, and you can do that by going online to dumdydum.com. Now, today's Dum Dum was from Millie Bell and friends over there in the good old US of A. Now, Lucy, mm-hmm. if other folk would like to pitch in and give us a Dum Dum, could you remind our listeners how they can do that? Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dum Dum, give us a plot prediction or pick bits of a dead dog out of a silage clamp, ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Um, thank you also, as ever, to Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek's invitation to Fallon's housewarming got lost, apparently, but he turned up anyway and bought his signature dish, which is soggy watsits. Oh, sorry. That was what? probably very funny, but I was absolutely miles <laughs> away. I'm so sorry, Lucy. Uh, what, can you just tell me the gist of that joke? Because I was legitimately elsewhere. No, I'm not going to tell you the gist of that joke. All right. Can I do a false laugh then? And I can edit of that course. in. <laughs> 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 On this week's episode, folks, you have calls from KJ England, who thinks Rob has stashed scruff. Hmm. I think that call came in before the uh the the revelation of the dog pelvis and witherspoon who wonders whether adam realizes that gullible isn't in the dictionary now just before i go on and say and before all that let's hear about lucy v freeman's week in ambridge quick note we've only had two calls this week now i know that a lot of you are having problems with speak pipe and i have spoken to vladimir um from <laughs> speak pipe and vladimir it tells me he tells me there's no problem at their end. Now, I know that there is because I know Blythe Spirit, Andrew Horn, just to name two people, are having major problems. So, folks, if you can't use SpeakPipe, um, why don't you call us on 0203-031-3105 and at least you can get through to the show that way. But before you call in, with your caller in or calls, on an alternative to SpeakPipe, here's Lucy V. Freeman and our week in Ambridge. Uh, we began the week with Brian quite understandably getting the pip about Apple Day, which was being held in the 1970s, judging by the music, and refused to go. Mm-hmm. Good choice, Brian. Jenny Darling got cornered at Apple Day by the nosy buggers wanting to know what was going on at Barrow. And Susan's Daily Mail alarm went off when she realised that Barrow Farm brought in foreign cows with foreign bugs. They hang around the Channel Tunnel on their mobiles. Anyway, to throw them off the scent, Jenny Darling told everybody that Helen was pregnant, which shut them up for about a second and a half. Uh, Linda has completely given up actually doing any work on reception at Gay Grables and instead is using her time there to print off flyers about calendar girls. I'm not sure she should be printing off lots of pictures of older ladies hiding their bits behind droopy dahlias and lemon drizzle cake. And anyway, Roy surely has a ring binder full of such images should she feel the need. Uh, Not much from Helen and Titchy Knob this week apart from him formally adopting Horrible Henry. 
I finally realised who Henry reminds me of, the poor little sound effect. It's the little girl from Absolutely. I do know what is a rat catcher. It is a jacket what your new daddy wears when he goes out to be Nouveau Peach and he goes galloping round the field saying, can we barge through your fences, please? Thank you. And they say yes. And he goes home and bullies your mummy. So I do know what is a rat catcher. It is. It's true. Harassment Burns <laughs> is on the case with finding Ed's cattle. So we can all sleep easy. He's putting inquiries out through social media, apparently. At Harassment Burns, I've lost some moo cows, hashtag sad face. Over at Challenge Neil Carter or the Jerry Built Village Hall, I don't understand how Danakin Skywalker, who has been trained to crawl through netting and march about in circles, is apparently an expert builder who would, according to Neil, have the village hall finished in no time. Really? How? By bombing the foundations or what? There was a bit more nauseating flirting between Pip and Toby. Every time we see Toby these days, I imagine him in slow motion, flicking his wet hair off his forehead while Pip wheezes and clutches the edge of a goose pen. It follows the same pattern every time. He begins by apologising for either being sweaty or naked, then does a bit of heavy-handed faux sar sarcasm, and Pip does cross face, and then it's all over for another week. <laughs> Toby used his strange marketing technique again on Adam this time. You know the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People? Toby read, How to Ingratiate and Bewilder People. He just says, <laughs> hello, I want to meet you and be your friend. I am coming to see you tomorrow. He's like a three-year-old in reception who marches up to the other child and says, hello, you have got a football. Will you be my best friend? The village all got together to support Ed and have a self-important meeting full of neighbourhood watch rhetoric. They talk as if they're living in some kind of frontier town and they have to create a vigilante group to protect the cows. In actual fact, all they do is put up a sign with a meerkat on it and expect that to work. <laughs> anyway, as if they don't spend the entire time poking their noses into each other's business as it is. You can't fart in Ambridge without Jenny Darling telling Peggy, who lets it slip to Auntie Cardboard, who mentions it to Susan in the shop, who asks Jenny Darling to put it on the website until Linda sets up a campaign to stop it. Sadly, the only person <laughs> in Ambridge who wouldn't have stopped and said, oh, hello, who are you and what are you doing here, please thank you, when they saw the castle rustlers, was Kenton, who was the idiot who actually saw them. Poor Charlie sat and shivered in the rain, having eaten half a banana, until Adam came along, rescued him and gave him the other half of a banana. David didn't disengage the PTO from <laughs> wagon, the silly sausage. The thread from the Large Hadron Collider got caught around the spinning Jenny and the V4 engine. I think I got that right. David trooped off grudgingly to Pip's graduation ceremony. Yes, yes, well done, dear. You got your little certificate thingy from the teacher while I'm on the phone to the tractor man. So important that your children feel valued, isn't it? Then it was the Florison housewarming, which was utterly sickening. They were nearly caught in flagrante and told us coyly and entirely unnecessarily that they had christened every room in the house except the sitting room. I don't know how they managed in the airing cupboard, and I don't want to. Anyway, in my world, christening a room means a dog's peed in it, so I'm quite glad the sitting room remained unscathed. Uh, Linda Sniff made a welcome reappearance as she attacked poor old Charlie Barber's spreadsheet and said he had personally injected all the cows with the mumps or whatever it is she thought they had. Daddy Adam came cantering to the rescue again and suggested that he should cheer himself up with a sleepover at Adam's house. Oh, good idea, Adam. <laughs> Charlie needs more complications in his life. However, before all that, we found Scruff. Hurrah. Oh, he was hanging out the back of a silage clamp. Boo. Still, one mystery solved, eh? It's like Scooby-Doo, or in this case, Scruffy-Don't. The end. <laughs> I quite like that this Good. week. Yeah, yeah. 
poor Linda when she realizes the reason I why. Know. Oh gosh. And she's gone off on the war path. And it's bloody scruff. The cows have been eating scruff. <laughs> <laughs> How are they going to know it's scruff, though? Hmm. I mean, it is scruff. It is because scruff. it will. But how? How do they know? That? Well, there'll there'll be a slight scintilla of doubt, won't they? Like it could be another dog. But yeah. what 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 type of dog was scruff? He was a little small thing, wasn't he? No, he was a Labrador cross, I think. Oh God! Well, I don't know. Um, so when you look at the skeleton of a Labrador cross, looking at its oh, yeah, pelvis, gonna... you'd be oh, able to yeah. tell, won't you? Yeah. Hmm. When he started talking about putrefying dog pelvises, I thought, how many people are eating their supper? To this? <laughs> fork halfway to their mouth, like, ah. Mm. The whole kind of scruff mystery had kind of gone away, hadn't it? Unless you live on Twitter. And it was still, yes. you know, going on there. He was still alive there. But as far Every as... Every time anyone heard, you know, rustling in the hedges, scruff! Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did feel that we learned more than we ever, ever needed to know about Clostridium botulinum as well. Oh, Until no. Oh, contraire. The, the agricultural story editor got his, got his full pennyworth in this week, didn't he? Bloody hell. He did, he did. But he he is, had... I mean, it's fascinating how, in a sort of revolting way, it's fascinating that such a titchy-witchy thing can you know, have such catastrophic effects. And it's so, you know, there's such a little amount causes mm. such devastation. It's like sort of chemical warfare, isn't it? I'm still here. Ah, I came right. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I never went away. So good. Right. That's so good. what I, I learned this week mm. in the rather excellent Free Economics um, podcast, how, you know, if you eat raw chicken, what happens to you? Uh, well, nothing unless it's got salmonella. Hmm. Okay, well then, you're one of these clever people that actually knew that salmonella is not in all raw chicken. I thought it was. Really? Yeah. Didn't everybody think that? I don't know. Hmm. Well, you actually probably can eat raw chicken. It'd be a bit horrible though, wouldn't it? Well, it's kind of a bit kind of... Like a scallop or something. Yeah, exa Exactly. Uh, salmonella is only in about 10% of, of raw chicken. And I just say that about this botulinum thing in me bobbly because, you know, you can just learn stuff about microorganisms and uh, <laughs> it's quite fascinating. <laughs> I, and actually, the amount of the stuff, um, salmonella within raw chicken, is actually going down in the States. So, say, the FDA. So I just kind of throw that in purely as a random thing because we have to fill on this show, Lucy, because we ain't got no bloody we call. Don't... <laughs> There's method to my madness. Conversational <laughs> so we're going to be heading down this week in compensation. Hmm. So I think Gosh. I should actually slow down. <laughs> and um... Yes, tell us more about Salmonella, <laughs> Royfield. I haven't heard enough. Well, i tell you how all this came about. Okay, because in The Walking Dead, mm. you know, the uh, the top-rated zombie show, okay, um, there was this small little um, kind of like vignette of this one character and her backstory, and you see her, uh, and she's in this car, and her parents get, get eaten by zombies, and she goes, oh my goodness, and then, then all of a sudden she's kind of wandering weeks afterwards all by herself, and she saw, sees this tortoise. And she just rips the head off the tortoise and chows down this tortoise. And everybody was like, well, that's just a death sentence because they're reptiles and they're going to have salmonella. 
not necessarily and that's the, how this whole thing kind of came about and stuff so ah. mm -hmm. right anyway so um on that note shall we cheekily very quickly uh well not, not very quickly because that will mean that we'll have an incredibly short, short show uh so we very slowly and deliberately not only listen to uh who's called in this week but absolutely go through everything they've said in the minutiae of detail to spin this show out. <laughs> Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hi, Lucy It's KJ here. I'm also known as Swede Boy on Twitter. I'm just calling in to say that I'm going to go all grandeur on Vibero Farm story and say that Vibotalism is stemming from Roy hiding a carcass in the cow's feed. Not a very plausible plot, but one can but dream. By the way, Helen sounded tonight like she was almost going to fess up to Adam that she's not pregnant. We'll just have to wait and see what this storyline ends up with. Over and out. Bye. Now, this is KJ England, who I think is Carl Jonas Johansson. That would make sense. Yeah, but I don't know why he's completely changed identity. Stop trying to confuse us, Carl. And we surely have, we have should be... We have enough grip on reality as it is without yes. you changing your name halfway through the sodding And thing. it should be KJ Sweden, shouldn't it? Isn't yeah. he Swedish? He is. Hmm, all right. So he reckons, like a lot of people, that, that somehow Rob is going to be culpable for this. I mean, instantly Rob started saying, you know, uh, for the for the, uh, the 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 scruff in the silage scruff, uh, silage a la scruff, as it should be known. <laughs> um, instantly Rob started saying, oh well, of course it's all gone wrong. I could have predicted that that was going to happen at Barrow Farm, and that's partly why I left because it was so terrible. Mm. Blah, 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 blah. So would, but I don't see how Rob could have stuck scruff. I mean, where where, where does the silage come from? the grass which would have been post flood so it would have been scruff's carcass would have just been whooshed up with the rest of it exactly there's no, it's, it's Rob, no, Rob there's no planting is there of, no. i mean much as i would love rob to be to be you know to blame for everything from you know the black death onwards uh i don't think he did realistically which is mm. hugely annoying no no I think the Rob Rob's connection with this is the fact that now he, as you said, he's using this to vindicate him leaving Barrow Farm. Isn't it? Oh, I knew they had dodgy yeah. kind of practices yeah. there. They were cutting corners or weren't spending spending enough on various procedures. Blah blah blah. I knew I foresaw this, which is a whole load of of, of hokum. However, um, as I kind of said last week, though, um, probably with a small with a more skilled uh, manager they would have spotted that the cows were getting sick uh, previously you know but actually this has been somewhat kind of unforeseen i think it's very quick with line. yes as far as All i right, know then. you don't get any warning it's kind of once they've eaten the infected stuff dog it's in the system and then you know, it, there's, there's sort of like an incubation period, which is short, and then it's just bang, it's all over. There's you don't get a lot of warning, and I think it sort of well, incubates. Do you follow the symptoms. the Archer's agricultural script editor on Twitter? Was that a DM? So you, you got, <laughs> or was that a quick a quick Google? Was that Lucy? <laughs> no, Siren, it's it's an educated guess, and I could well mm. be wrong. Do you know what we don't have following us? 
Mm. What's that? You know, we were talking earlier wind? about all the all the all the people that, uh, that 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 followed us that are that are tremendously clever and all that. We mm. don't have any vets. That would be bloody useful. Well, we've got an almost nearly became a vet, Paul Room, because remember he switched because you know. Yeah, that's it was no e- good. Easy to become a doctor, he said. <laughs> There's okay. a fantastic episode. Sorry, we're going off again. I am this time. Sorry. There's a fantastic episode of um, Hancock, Tony Hancock, where he, Hancock's half hour, where he uh, is, has a medical assessment from a vet who uh, said he got drafted in and um, and he t- makes him get on all fours because he said otherwise he can't work out where everything is. <laughs> so he makes Tony Hancock stand in the, on, the, on, the, on the examining table, stand on all fours. And he just keeps going, Get your clothes off like this. It's uh, Kenneth Williams. It's very funny. Anyway, sorry. You love Tony Hancock, don't you? I do. Yes, I'm very, mm. very fond of him. Uh, yeah. So you much mention as I him to... frequently. Do I? Oh, mm. dear. Listen, no, no, I'm not knocking you. Good, good brummy. Yeah. So much, no, much as we'd love to pin it on Rob, we can't mm. really. But yeah, it's it's what effect this is going to have on Linda because she's going to have the double, the double, triple whammy really of a the discovery that Scruff is dead. B, the fact that Scruff's death has inadvertently caused the death of hundreds of other cats or 40 other cows. And C, the the kind of the slight humiliation of her having ramped everybody up into some Barrow farm is, you know, unless they, could they try and sue Linda? Mm. I don't know about No, you can't. You can't, can you? That's, it's not quite act of God, but it's kind of, isn't it? How the hell can you blame yeah. somebody for that you can't yeah no though i tell you what though considering the business of uh kind of tenuous links and stuff so there's artificial light in barrow farm isn't there yeah yeah well i just saw the Ai Weiwei exhibition at the royal academy yeah and he has in the last room as you walk around are uh, these six massive boxes. And if you peer in, you can see uh, these uh, kind of third life, uh, third um, third scale kind of representations of his time when he was in detention. Right. And 24 hours a day, artificial light. And he was in oh, this... No, hang on, hang on, hang on. They don't have artificial light because that's one of the things that everybody says about Barrow Farm and Charlie always corrects and says they have airy with airy natural light. Then I thought, isn't the natural light blue artificial light? So it's light daylight. Ooh, don't know. I always tend to switch off a bit when they go on about Barrow Farm. <laughs> well, anyway, whatever, whatever light they have, they're inside. They're in captivity, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, Bug- right. Bugs. Hence, tenuous link to Ai Weiwei. Right, so you peer through these uh, little peepholes and there's him. And then these two Chinese military guards who are just stood about two foot away from him, just watching him. Mm. And for the whole time of his captivity, they watched his every move. So when he was asleep, they stood over the bed. And this room um, in real life couldn't be no more than 10 foot by 10 foot. When he had a shower, when he went to the toilet, um, they watched him on the toilet. They didn't even just stand outside the room. Absolutely incredible. You know, mm. the just the and everything was covered in some po- uh, uh, some kind of plastic wrapper as well. Plastic wrapping. So even the chair, he wasn't sitting on a chair. He was sitting on this chair uh, through plastic wrapping on the bed, toilet seat, everything. You know, the psychological torture 
you know are you at- saying that the barrow cow the barrow farm cows are the eye way of the bovine world is that what you're saying I think that's exactly what I'm saying. And they're going to come out with some uh, inspirational, controversial modern art anytime soon, which will take <laughs> the Western world by storm. <laughs> uh, two to... of them that are left that haven't succumbed. I the... know, oh, but they're on the they're on their way back, aren't they? Yeah, because they've, it's they've yeah, had it's a reversal of, of whatever. Yeah, because they figured out which silage whatever yeah. they were actually yeah. eating from and you know so yeah she reckon, the by the way because mm. rob hasn't clocked yet that helen has agreed to supply barrow with silage from bridge farm i thought he actually had i thought because you listen to the shows back twice and for the most part i must admit scandalously i actually don't but i thought there was a conversation which they helen and rob had with somebody and i forget who the somebody was and she says oh yes i know it's all terrible over there we've given them some some silage and then i thought then rob was there also and then said oh yeah but then but they're all a bit you know crap and I uh, okay i could be wrong but I no, think... I think you're right, but I can't. I can't remember who it was. Hmm. Have we done Carl uh, Johannes <laughs> from England? I think we've done him to death. Yeah, um, have, haven't we? Adam, uh, and now with a spoon, we have now. Oh, just before we go on to that, mm-hmm. um, uh, Royal Academy. I've never been before. An amazing building, great organisation. Uh, digital um disruption uh was also the other exhibition that was there and um the eye way stuff was uh was very good you should see it i should mm-hmm. with a spoon hey baby i hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs mercy Greetings, Lucy Royfield and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Angus is feeling very sad after listening to the end of Friday's episode, but we'll get to that later. You know, Handsome Husband and I have been watching Home Fires on our local PBS station. I know it was shown in the UK earlier this year, so don't spoil the ending of the series for us, but I've been struck by how much it reminds me of The Archers back in 1940s Ambridge. There's the W.I., of course a haughty old biddy, a middle-aged woman who always says what's on her mind, a farmer husband and wife team, a minister and his wife, a young house cleaner, a dog who runs off, and of course an abusive husband and his fearful wife. Speaking of abusive husbands, I know a lot has been written about Rob this past week, including by me on the Dumpty Dum forum. Please have a read. All I'll say right now is how much I'm struck by how easily and how much he lies. I now believe that we can't believe anything he has said about his past and his family. We are also listening to a slow simmer of the pot. At her party, Fallon became suspicious of what is going on with Helen, and soon we'll have a confrontation between Fallon and Rob over the cafe. Adam's interest was also piqued when he heard that Rob was lying about the circumstances of his departure from Barrow Farm, but frustratingly, Adam didn't pursue any debate over the issue. Speaking of being frustrated with Adam, for a smart man, he certainly has a hard time saying no, and I don't mean in the bedroom. He allowed himself to be fleeced by his stepfather. He was railroaded by his half-sister into allowing her to use one of the barns on the property and he having to do the work on it. And now he appeared to be on the brink of being easily conned by the ultimate con artist, Toby. If Adam enters into a foolhardy business deal with the Fair Brethren and loses his shirt, just when he asked to prove his business savvy to Brian, he would have only himself to blame. Finally, now Angus, don't listen to this part. 
the final reveal of the carcass of a dead dog, presumed to be Scruff at Barrow Farm. The cows eating the dead animal would be the cause of the botulinum outbreak, an ironic twist, only if Linda had been able to keep Scruff safe and secure during the storm, there would not have been a health disaster that Linda is now protesting. Ooh, it's like a recent Doctor Who episode. But one final point, who was the manager of Barrow Farm at the time, and also should have checked on the conditions after the storm? Rob, of course. But now I'm thinking of poor Scruff again. Sigh, pause. Okay, Angus, you can start listening again. Until next week, fellow Dumpty Dummers, it's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis signing off. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy He says Adam is just taken for a ride by absolutely everybody. He's got, he's running, he got sort of conned into doing those sheds, I'm sorry, yurts, uh, for Kate, digging, Mm -hmm. sodding trenches for people to organically poo in. Uh, He's been drawn into helping Charlie, I mean, which is a nice thing because Charlie is, you know, he's in a bad way, isn't he? Um, I like the way we've all suddenly decided we like Charlie now because he doesn't like Rob. (laughs) In the grounds of my enemy's enemy is my friend. I d- I d- there's a lot of crap I do not understand about the fair brethren. Mm. A, when are we ever going to find out what this nonsense is? You know, this big thing that supposedly happened or didn't happen in bloody Brighton, whatever. Mm. If if we're not going to be told, shut up about it. If we are going to be told, tell us. Um, well, we are going to be told. You yeah. know, it's just, just a matter of time, yeah, isn't yeah, it? And, yeah. and how we're going to be told. But we, we are going to be a record told. or something, or will have gone bankrupt or something like that. But why is Pip so determined to? You know this. Yes, okay. You have incompetently kept geese for six months. This apparently qualifies you to be the ideal people to look after a herd of beef cattle. I mean. Uh, she is well trained enough to know she's been educated in farming to within an inch of her life surely she thinks she doesn't think yes these couple of muppets are you know will make the ideal dairy farm i mean i know she wants to get into um uh toby's pants and everything but she doesn't need to be quite they're not they're not on the brink of leaving at any stage why is she running around trying to kind of desperately keep them in the village by suggesting more and more ludicrous schemes they could, well, you know, because get involved with. Because they're fit, aren't they? You know, and also, to be fair to her... She's you not know, that stupid, is she? Yeah, but but come on, though. They're approximately her age, so they're, they're young farmers. Uh, they're new. They're somewhat exciting. At least one of them uh, apparently is. The other one's a, a, a little bit, you know much more steady they're on her land aren't they so you know well but they're on her land because she got them (laughs) on her land she was the one who you know persuaded everybody to do that and ran around screaming until everyone said oh well right then you know but what there's there's about twenty seven thousand more people you know not ambridge is not mike for no for people that would make it a town it's a village. But no, I mean people who are more likely oh. to, to, to work, be, to be successful business partners of Adam mm. than those pair. You well, know. on that note, I had a rather enjoyable few glasses of Prosecco with the one Joe Andrews, uh, a.k.a. Jojo Sexy Hills this week. Mm-hmm. Right. And that woman is smart. Right. And 
the fair brethren came up in conversation and I did try and put an embargo on all archers related chat but you know you get two archers fans together you know and automatically you start going dum de dum de dum de dum together and then you just start you know wittering on about all things Borsetshire right now I said to her I said I am no person of uh, the countryside but how the hell can you raise 250 geese all you know for half the year flog them for Chris at Christmas and have made a profit right I said economically it doesn't make any sense to me but I know nothing I'm a city boy she was actually born in the West Country she she she's rural right now yeah I got this note back from her she went selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And Royfield, it makes no bloody sense to me either, right? And then she went, right, I'm going to do some research on this. Goose feathers, 500 goose feathers, you can sell them for 24 quid. Goose liver, it, uh, normally, uh, per goose, that's going to be a tenner. If you're going to force feed it, you know, fra gras style oh. 60 to 100 quid per, per liver. Okay. Goose carcass, 6 kilograms, 85 quid. For retail... You're going to get 120 quid to 220 pounds each. So she says top whack, 250 of the buggers, 55k. Bottom price, 30k. And then she says deduct food, rent, land, slaughter mm. costs. It's a definite mm. failure. But in mind, there's two of them bringing up these things. Yeah. So you're basically making £1.97 to have spent an entire half year running around screaming after a load of terrifying, Wait. gigantic birds. Which the only way that this can make any sense then to me, you know, I'm glad that she went to, you know, she went, right, Royford, I'm going to prove to you how, how bonkers this is. And she went off and, uh, because I just thought with my silly, I'm just from the city head. Well, it's just the goose uh, carcass for Christmas. You know, it's just the meat. But of course, I didn't think of the feathers. I didn't think of the liver. So there are other, there are other products that come off the geese, right? 
But when, as well, I mean, Toby, it, 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 oh, he's so irritating. And where I could have thumped him when he was going on and on in front of Ed about how easy it was to get investment. And A, that's annoying because it's poor old Ed who's just, once again, he's been, fate has pissed all over his eider down. But, literally, in this case, in terms of the geese, but um, it's the, <laughs> the kind of, um, that, but when he just said, Hey, all my city pals are desperate to enjoy. City people don't invest in bloody cattle. Not, not you know. He just said it was a foregone conclusion. Of course they will. You know, they really it just sounded absolutely ridiculous to me. And another thing, mm. and forgive me if I've just forgotten this, because you'll probably t- say to me, oh, Can I where... just say, because I know you're just, yes. you're, you're rattling off, you've been rather entertaining. I actually didn't finish my point before. Oh, I'm sorry. But, but no, no, but no, no, go on, go on. Where did they live? Before. No, now. Well, aren't they in the tent outhouse caravan thing, whatever the heck they're in? No, that was a, they're only supposed to be sleeping there. But they're living there, though, really, aren't they? Come on, that, that ruse has been seen through because, the, you know, when... So two because men... Because Kenton, when he went out on the yeah. lash with uh, Toby, he woke up yeah, there, no, didn't no, he? Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, but when... So where was Toby? When Where was Rex when Toby woke up? Ah, oh, fair dues. Yes, because he, he wasn't there. Because he turned it's up, didn't he? It's only there if they can't get home for any reason. But mm. I don't know where home is. I don't know where they've come from. Good point, Lucy. Which kind of loosely is going to take me back to to the point I was trying to make before you rudely butted in. Which was, the one way of which this does make some kind of sense is that they have some benefactor whether it's mum, dad, uncle, mm. you know, fair brother. Chops up the bank. Exactly. Who's basically said, right, Rex, sorry, Toby. I'm still getting the two mixed up. Right, Toby, you made such an ass of yourself. Rex, get him, in, you know, take him in hand. Yeah. Okay. Prove that you can be, uh, you know, productive members of, uh, he can be a productive member of society. We're going to let you have you know, a, a few grand to go get some geese, prove that you can be farmers, but actually they're, they're being bankrolled. Because this in and of itself makes no sense. So they're being bankrolled uh, because of the misdeeds of uh, Toby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, don't, I mean, they're, they're quite interesting and they're, and they're good because they come at their kind of play farming uh mm. which which is kind of irksome for for the, for the people that are actually struggling to make a proper living at it which makes them quite amusing irritants but it's just the backstory just doesn't seem to kind of make any sense at all well they just seem to be will, parachuted in from nowhere all will be revealed all will be revealed but when it comes to play farming that's what oliver used to be accused yeah. of doing all the time wasn't it yeah but he's still better than them he seems to have a semi idea of what he's talking about Mm. Oliver and also he worked with um he had the Grundys helping him out and he had Ed helping him out and he kind of had proper farmers helping him out didn't he mm. whereas these two are kind of just pissing around in a caravan uh with a you know I've got visions of the bloody geese in a sort of a playpen you know <laughs> 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 they hose them down every now and again and let them out to have a little you know tiddle around in a bucket and then and then you know I don't know they just seem to have absolutely no idea and it just seems really ill thought out the whole storyline it's like we sort of right we've got these brothers what the hell do we do with them now sort of thing Mm. there was somebody on some bit of archers related social media that posted a video last week of some little ducklings which I know aren't quite geese 
but you know, same kind of family of bird, aren't they? And it's, oh, not going down the slide. No, not them going down oh. the slide. This is the one where they're um, they've seen water for the first time, and there's a shed load of these things. Oh. You know, there's literally hundreds and hundreds of these these little yellow things, and they're all you know mar- marching along. You know, they've just seen this water and they go ah water, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the most heartwarming thing. I've always, always wanted, I'm not soppy about animals and stuff, but I absolutely adore ducklings. Yes, you are. You love your dog and your cat. Yeah, but that's, I'm not one of those people that love all dogs. And I love my dog and my cat. I don't love oh, everybody's. Okay. And I'm not really interested in any of the other things. But um, I do absolutely adore ducklings. And I've always wanted one. And the lady down the road <laughs> said one day, this ducklings just appeared on my doormat. I don't know what to do. She said, I've got a duckling on my doormat. And I nearly broke my neck trying to get up there. To, <laughs> to, I will look after it. I don't, you know when your mind leaps ahead. And I was like, and I will love it. And I will love it. And stroke it. And carry it. And, I will, da, 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 da. and then I got there. And it was a bloody gull chick that had fallen out of the nest. Oh. And absolutely gutted because I was desperate. Because uh, ducklings imprint. Mm. So if you're the first thing they see when they hatch. Yes. They sort of go and that's it they're convinced then even if you are a great dane you know that you are you are mummy whatever mm. so, which makes them extra cute yeah absolutely and and then um if you ever want to fall down a rabbit hole on youtube people and then uh just like come up hours late and say how the hell have i just wasted two hours of my <laughs> life start by looking at videos of geese in thailand walking <laughs> along roads and whatever and I, I i tell you i kid you not you will the next two hours of your life will fly <laughs> by at a ridiculous speed absolutely amazing and it's you know they um it's like they're flying but they're walking you know and they just swarm all the way around the these cars and these you know these and, and bicycles and whatever it's absolutely amazing thing to watch my parents used to keep geese and when mm. i was little i think this is right i went down to the duck house at the end of the garden mm-hmm. and and I was feeding them or something and I had a little blue coat when I was about yeah two or three I had a little blue coat with furry hood and one of the buggers picked me up by my hood and dangled me off the ground really yeah they're not like they're not nice geese they really aren't they're horrible <laughs> hey talking about geese I met somebody from Greece today <laughs> <laughs>
I love I you. said scourge of the European Central Bank. I said <laughs> I yes, said <laughs> I said <laughs> you are one of the most uh, controversial but also inspirational politicians uh, of recent time. He says you're making me blush. I says whatever. It's actually true. I says fair play and he said thank you. And I said, uh, just as he, as he shook my hand, I was about to turn away, I went, stop that. We need to do this. And I took a selfie with him. <laughs> and he was, he was, he was rather one. pleasant stop. about the whole thing. And then I wandered off. And then I saw that he was giving a, giving a talk right there and then. That's the reason why I was at the Tabernacle. Uh, and you and... to the stage and gone, hey, dude. Well, no, I didn't jump on the stage. Uh, but I did kind of um and ah as to whether I'd go and listen to it. But I did, and it absolutely packed. And it was brilliant. And Michael Howard was uh, was the host. And it was absolutely brilliant. I'm absolutely amazed that somebody can speak in a language isn't their mother tongue and be so erudite, so entertaining, and just, you know, the man has got a brain the size of a planet, whether you agree with these politics or not. And as I say, Michael Howard was the host. And they seemed to get on amiably. And he kept on talking about the fact that he does like, uh, like, a, some, like a, a figure like Thatcher, he says, don't disagree, I don't agree with her politics, what one iota. However, I am, you know, she's a conviction, she was a conviction politician, and I have many Tory friends because of it, you know, people who actually absolutely do believe in what they believe and are unshakable in, in, in that belief, and he has a lot of time for that. But what an entertaining and what a charismatic person what a charismatic person so yeah so there there was my tenuous link from geese to greece <laughs> <laughs> shall we have a break lucy oh, or, or do we have some emails uh, we, we don't we don't yeah we do we had that big long post and i sent it to you in the week and i says we should turn this into an email oh good yes all right do the advert quick while i find it then. <laughs> all right cool well whilst you're tapping away at your keyboard <laughs> um, we'll come back in five with a touching Millie Bell hashtag the Arts of Tweets of the Week and a rather clever post, which we're saying is an email uh, which went on the forum this week. See you all in a little bit. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley, and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes, How Jamaica Conquered the World. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Um, my name is Kate. My name's Joe. My name's Nicola. My name is Suzanne Hakimi. My name is Mary Parkinson. I'm in Hope House as a client. Um, I have had addiction issues um, throughout my has, life, um, um, including an eating disorder, heroin, crack, um, addiction drink, to drugs, methadone, and alcohol. I'm here because it got really bad. At long last, a thousand and one conversations is available to download from iTunes and all good podcatchers. This was a place where women worked to help other women. Sarah Smith cloths are really useful. If you soak them in gin, they make a marvellous Molotov cocktail if you ever get the desire to burn down a yurt. Sarah Smith for the posher washer. Fancy getting your mouth round something warm? 
Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on. Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. G'day everyone, Millie Bell here. It's been a really emotionally traumatic week for me this week. Um, I teach the last year of high school and they've left and they have their exams starting this week. So I've had to say goodbye to some students I've been looking after since year seven. So that's been really hard, but hey, they're going to have a great life and I'll get a new set of students soon. This week on some of the pages, I had a look and on the Archer's Omnibus Appreciation page, Lisa Geary said, are the Archer's storylines becoming rather biblical? First the flood, now the deceased cattle, what next? Are the residents of Ambridge having their faith tested like Joe? Ian Lindsay in Upstairs at the Ball said, Surely someone must work it out. You can tell when Robbie's lying. His lips move. <laughs> Helen Aldis on Archer's Appreciation said, Important message from PC Harrison. Anyone travelling at 88 miles per hour, hitting a pole, causing a power cut and stopping the village clock will likely receive a fine and penalty points. <laughs> And Colette Byatt in Archer's Appreciation said, I detect that Helen is beginning to get a teensy-weensy bit ever so pissed off with Rob and his shenanigans. With a bit of support from, say, Kirsty, things could take a very different course. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, Rowena Bentley said after the big discovery, she said this on Ambridge Addicts, Oh no, I had to put my hands over my dog's ears. <laughs> oh, this was fun. Marina Mound in um, Ambridge Addicts said, Got a text from a supermarket last week telling me their Christmas delivery slots are now available. Question is, should I order goose turkey or pop down to the local farm shop run by a manipulative dictator? <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, Rebecca Beals on Ambrogenic says, Meanwhile, my filthy mind can't stop wondering how many rooms Fallon and PC Burns have got in their new cottage. Rebecca, I'm with you. That was the first thing I thought of. I was outside watering the garden when I heard that episode and I was giggling away with my naughty mind. Um, I, we asked on our page whether this was about the apostrophe on the website and we asked um, whether anybody else had reacted to this because I was at work all day and it drove me crazy thinking about it. Denise Tomlinson said, never buy an ungrammatical turkey. And I agreed. I said, absolutely. It just wouldn't taste the same. Jeter Beecroft or Gita Beecroft said, turkey and a bad apostrophe. I'm veering towards a goose from the Fair Brethren, not going to lie. Mark Everton said, my money's on the Fair Brothers geeses. Very nice. He has a naughty apostrophe in there. And Sarah Woods Rockwell said, I couldn't sleep because of that apostrophe. Bugged me all night. Thank you, Sarah. You felt my pain. Uh, we also asked whether you've ever been caught doing something recreational when you should have been working. Or was that just Linda? Robin Winning said, I think the question for me would be, have you ever been caught at work doing work when you should have been working? Uh, that, that question may keep me awake all night now. With a spoon said, yep, posting on Dumpty Dum. Ah, uh, my boss just caught me again. Good thing my boss is me because I'm not very self-punitive. Nice one with a spoon. Diane Toffer said, of course I have not. I'm far too clever to get caught. <laughs> and Mark Everton said, yes, I was caught engaging in a recreational act. I can't elaborate amongst polite company. Very nice. Uh, we asked who is our agricultural expert listener. Can we have some background information on the infection outbreak at Barrow Farm, please? 
And Glenn, there were a number of responses, but Glenn Day after said, I think Rob is behind it. Maybe he tampered with the feed. This was before we knew what had happened. And then I wanted to write a post suggesting that we do a Dumpty Dum Nude calendar, but the thought of setting Lucy off on one of her double entendre sprees set me giggling. But we wanted to know how will Ambridge keep a straight face if Peggy disrobes? And I had a couple of favourite answers to that. Fiona Griffin said, Susan in the buff with just a polyester tabard to preserve her modesty. But, oh, that's static. And Valerie Bailey said, it won't be a problem. She'll just look as if she's wearing something that badly needs ironing. But my favourite answer for the whole week was Jan A. Mitchell, who said, blimey, if they put Fallon in it, they'll sell out in minutes. You're right, because Royfield will buy all the calendars, Jan. Hooroo! Thank you for that, Miss Bell. Um, now, before we go into the hashtag The Archers tweets of the last seven days, why don't we have a little reading of Ollie Bladen's uh, rather good and I think somewhat provocative uh, post on our forum. Uh, Ollie Bladen says, There seems to be some consensus that Rob is highly Machiavellian, but I am deeply unconvinced. While we can assume that he's well-educated, he doesn't come across as exceptionally intelligent, creative or industrious, which are all hallmarks of true strategists. I feel that Rob is highly opportunistic and very good at turning a situation to his mid-term advantage, but is essentially building himself a house of cards. I don't see any evidence that any of the threads in his web are particularly planned. When he moved to Ambridge, he can't have assumed that a single parent fragile narcissist like Helen would be available for him to leave Jess for. Very true. I don't believe that he premeditates his gaslighting and abuse of Helen. It's just in his nature. Mm, Not so sure. The whole Stefan thing had to be dealt with on the fly as Rob hadn't bothered to handle the situation cleverly. He just fired Stefan and hoped for the best. Yes. Leaving Cowditz wasn't something he intended. He twisted the event to his advantage through Charlie's abysmal handling and presented the actuality as his principled notion, but in the end he hadn't even done anything wrong. Charlie's vendetta caused him to misinterpret data to frame Rob for an accident. And his current plan to take over Bridge Farm is the most compelling evidence in my argument, as anyone with an ounce of business sense and or intelligence would see that Bridge Farm has no financial capability to support its current iteration, let alone support him as well. Furthermore, wouldn't Rob want a job with greater status than Kenton's if he really was an accomplished, ambitious schemer? Well, very good. Hurrah. But I think, A, I do believe that he premeditates his gaslighting and abuse of Helen because I think that he, and we're starting to see that now, he sets up situations in which, like the, you're rambling, darling, in which he could, don't you remember I told you this and all that, Mm. In which he can make her think that she is losing her him, grip. Him wanting um, his hands on the control of the uh, farm shop, etc., is completely not premeditated. It is. He's not doing yeah. that on the fly. No. He's not doing that on the fly. Also, him wanting to be Henry's stepfather. Um, no. He yeah. sat down and he's thought about that. And he's thought about the legal implications yeah. of that. And he's rushed it through. He's yes. found the way to do it the most, the quickest possible way that... that uh, uh, yeah, that he can he can achieve that. However, the thing about when he moved to Ambridge, you know, and yeah. you know, the whole Stefan thing, can't argue with that at all, which just, again, just goes to kind of like prove um, what a complex character he is and how he's written in stark relief as compared to some of the others. Mm. 
you know, because yeah. he is this incredibly fleshed out 3D character. And, you know, as, as Ollie says, you know, he is reacting to, to, to situations, but it's his underlying narcissistic nature which mm. is forcing him to come to the, the outcomes that he does. You know, it's mm. not all premeditated pantomime villainy, as uh, many of the people on Twitter uh, would like to say that he did all this. But I thought it was an absolutely excellent post. And yeah. I, we did post that on... Um, on our Facebook and also on Twitter. And it's really good to see that uh, Katie King, Charlie Cat, Becky Black, uh, Samantha Dean, Witherspoon, Jean Rose, etc. have all responded. And you should too, dear listener, by going on to dumdydum.com forward slash forums. Right, now, Lucy. Yep. Hashtag the Archers tweets of the week. Hold on a minute, I can't find them. Bloody hell, yes, woman. I know them. we're supposed to be stretching this show out, but come on. I've got it now. Oh, right. All right. Andrew Davidson, who is Andy D, make the tea, uh, said, Sorry, Helen, the cast of Linda's new production of Brokeback Mountain has just turned up. <laughs> uh, John Reed, uh, who said, Rex, I've taken out the geese. Toby, you mean? Rex said, Yes, they palmed a lot of them. This storyline was going nowhere. <laughs> um, uh, Dr. Sally Ann Huxtable said, I think it would have been better for everyone if Pip had stayed in High Wycombe, except for the good folk of High Wycombe. <laughs> uh, Pat Eggleton uh, said, Oh, Susan, just stick a bit of tinsel on them and get on with it. Uh, this is, yes, it was a heavy, um, heavy use of Susan's breasts as a comedy oh. device on Twitter this week after it, uh, her reluctance to get her kit off in front of the assembled villagers was was very evident and completely reasonable in my view anyway commentator is uh sweet of the week he or she said susan's worried oi, that the... oi oi what? oi oi we have a procedure for this type of thing oh sorry uh susan is worried that the village will find out she can swing them in opposite directions <laughs> But you know what, though? I am Lucy. assuming there will be some sort of carefully positioned tabard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should... With the top of the tabard. <laughs> in sympathy, don't you think mm. we should do our Christmas dum-de-dum in the buff? Of course. Okay, cool. Don't we always? Uh, no. Oh. I am fully clothed right now. I don't know about you, right? <laughs> because my webcam's off. However... What we should do is then we should stream it on YouTube or Ustream or something or another. <laughs> so people know we're not just joshing. <laughs> well, I did notice that uh, poor old um, Ambridge View, Charlotte Martin, mm-hmm. who is extremely good uh, Twitterer, and you should all follow her. Um, mm. uh, she is getting quite a lot of urging from listeners that she, that she should record in the nip. Uh, and uh, she's not... She's she's not taking the debate yet because uh, they said we will also want proof that that is what mm. actually you are doing. Yes. Yeah. So she said, I'm sure we could find a way, she says. She says, what a spectacular idea that we should have a naked tweet along for the Christmas show. I th- there's a there's a certain kind of element of performance art about this. 
which I'm really up for. And me being somebody who, you know, I like a bit of art, Lucy. I like a bit of high culture, you know. So, and, and you know, the, the, the naked form has been a staple of, of Western art, you know, for eons. You know, so if this is a performance arts piece, I'm all behind it. Also, the dirty bugger in me wants to see it too. So I don't know which part of my nature is going to win out on this. But either way, I'm all up for it, folks. I, I think we should Hang on, hang on, hang on. You're all up for seeing Charlotte Martin in the news. You heard me. You be. Unintended. Pun intended, I'm all up for everything. <laughs> <laughs> what is the matter? It is four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. What is the matter with you? Only for us, but not for other people that probably listen to this podcast whilst they're in their bed. And they're going to turn to their loved one and go, hey, Lucy and Royfield has put a little idea in my mind. They're going to put down <laughs> their pod. <laughs> oh, God. You know, you know, we accompany many of our listeners to bed. I know. And the bath. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting into the bath with Lucy and Royfield. Someone said. <laughs> bloody big. I always bath. get the bloody tap end. I don't mind the tap end, me. It's cold when you forget. Lean back. Mm. Can be. Now, I think this show is just about over, and we've proved how what consummate professionals we are, but by being able to string out a show and there's only two listener calls, but. If you want to yeah, continue... but a good twenty minutes of that was me lo- losing my place. <laughs> Let's not, lest we forget, you know. True, true, true. true. But if you, dear listener, just can't get enough of Dumdy Dum, well, then go to dumdydum.com to join in the debate on our forum. We can join in with the Robin Helen article, the Who's Going to the Meetup, or Rob's scheming threads, or you can start a thread or a topic of your own. Remember, if you are a John, or you have a real or tangible link to anybody who's been called John, you can become a member of the Order of John Archer. The Order's ancient scroll is available on the website. Lord Netherborn would like to induct Foggy the Fogster into the Order for his sheer persistence and (laughs) offer of scanning his birth certificate to prove (laughs) his name is John. Now, Foggy. You are now to be known as John the 11th. And Gita Bancroft is hereby named John the 10th. Interesting, because my husband has been called John ever since he was born. He doesn't have a middle name, which is sad. <laughs> shop news. <laughs> We've got some it's, shop news. It's, I think it's Beecroft, not Bancroft. Really? Yes. Oh, well. That's Miss Alliance, isn't it? It is. Sorry, Gita, um, if I've got that wrong. And it's not Gita either, it's Gita. Oh, that was me. Sorry, made a right lash about that. (laughs) Anyway, a name's now John the 10th, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. John the 10th. You're coming to the thing, Ms. Alliance. You are coming to the event, so feel free to punch me in the eye. That's absolutely fine. Good. Shop news. First off, we'd like to say big up to. Kay Gill from Tyne and Weir, who has purchased an organic women's fitted T-shirt and a splash of gin mug. Now, in further shop news, there will be a news blackout on all shop news to stop you knowing what your loved one is getting you for Christmas. Because I was told off, Lucy. Was you, who by? Oh, last year? No, well, I was told off last year and I was reminded that I was told off you last year. You told off again year, this year, were you? I told off this year <laughs> by Jojo. Uh, when we went out for really? our, yeah, uh, glasses of Prosecco, she went, you bloody numpty, you sport me Christmas. I went, what do you mean I sport you Christmas? She said, because uh, I knew okay. what wow. I was going to get. Because 
these names flashed up on Dumpty Dum, and I thought, wait a minute, I know these people. They're members of my family. That's my uh, daughter. Oh, <laughs> yes, I'm getting some pajamas and some t-shirt then. So I spoiled her Christmas. So blackout and all shop news. Silly, silly boy. So I no know. more shop news for now. No. Yes, exactly. Good. <sighs> now, if you want to help keep our show on the road, there are two ways that can be done. One, go to patreon.com forward slash Dumpty Dum and, f- and uh, support the show for two dollars. Two. <laughs> that was quick. You did <laughs> if you want to see that would make sense to anybody that's not listening. If you want to simply donate, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via our website through a thing called SpeakPipe, which is somewhat on the fritz for many of you. So please don't say, well, then I can't call because you can. You can get through if you want to try us on 020-3031-3105. And as I said at the top of the show, I have emailed Vladimir and he said, no problem at their end. But yeah, there is. I know there is persevere we will get it sorted i'm gonna be knocking on his door until it's all bloody sorted. do not be defeatist good listeners exactly try 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 again that's what my grandmother always used to say to me hmm. but not don't be defeatist but you say try 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 again if you don't succeed but anyway here you go granny um uh or we are also on the Twitters. We're on social media. We're on all manner of ways and platforms in which you can communicate with the podcast. We are, aren't we, Lucy? We are. Mm. Uh, you can find us on the Twitters. We're at Dumpty Dum. Or you can tweet me. I'm at Roy Field. Me at Lucy V. Freeman or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. And don't forget, you can also follow us on the book of face where you just, you just type in Dumpty Dum, you'll find us somehow, however that thing works. And you can just join our merry goings-on. <sighs> Sunday afternoon joy speaking to you, Lucy. Any parting shots you'd like to depart? Any little pearls of wisdom? Any little nuggets from your noggin? <laughs> Keep my nuggets out of this. I think that your connection or my connection is about to go... Uh, bums up because you're both you're going very very crackly and cutting out cool all right let's say goodbye you're going to send okay. me that audio file asap I am and yes. i'm going to edit it tomorrow because i'm watching the grand prix now goodbye Hoorah. bye bye mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 percent with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.